you've got your Bible, you can turn to Judges, Judges 6. Um, the previous time I spoke, I spoke out of the same chapter. Um, and uh, afterwards, somebody said to me um, in the week, they were so compelled by what God shared over that sermon that they actually wanted to find out where did I preach from because they didn't understand the word judges. And um, so just for those who don't know, in Afrikaans is Richter, Shevels um, Wintoblai, Judges 6. And um, part of a, a small series that we're doing about being fearless. And um, it's, it's, it was inspired by Phil when we came together at the gathering. We were inspired um, by God's Spirit to be people that walk fearless before the Lord and to lay down the fears. And, and honestly, um, the more that I've been delving into this, uh, the more I realize that fear actually grabs a hold of you without even realizing it. That there are things in our lives that are sometimes unnoticed. Um, they creep up on us. And uh, the previous time we spoke about, um, about moving out of the wine press. And this morning, my goal is for us to break down idols. I would like us to, at the end of today, get to a place where we realize that we might have some idols in our lives lurking without even realizing it. And that by the power of God, that we will step out of a place of fear but into a place of courage to actually break down those idols and allow God to move us into his purposes. The interesting thing about, about the story about Gideon is, is that he was on this, he was on this journey. He was on this journey of how God took him out of the wine press, but then in, before he could step into the fullness of what God has planned for him, he had to deal with some issues in his life. He had to deal with some issues in his family, in his immediate life. And we pick up on the story in Judges 6, verse 24 to 26. I'm just going to read those few verses for you this morning. Um, with a few other verses that we'll probably jump into a bit later. But um, I want you to read with me in Judges 6, verse 24 to 26. It says, So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there, and he called it, The Lord is Peace. Did you experience the peace of the Lord this morning as we build an altar of praise and worship this morning? That, to this day, it stands in opera of the Abyssalites. I can't never say that word. But the same night, that same night, the Lord said to him, Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old. Tear down your father's altar to Baal and count, cut down the Ezra pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on the top of this height. Using the word of Ezra pole, pole, pole that you, that you cut down, offer the second bull as a burnt offering to God. The first thing that I want to say to you that this morning is that we will actually face some idols in our lives, right? I've actually experienced something this morning even in, in our time of worship, is that we can face even idols as we come before the Lord. We can face some things that we think is right, but it's not really right. And I think we'll be, we'll be facing some things in our lives that can challenge the order of God in our lives. And those things are creeping up into our lives. They're unnoticed. 
we get used to them, we actually invite them in, and it becomes part of our existence, it becomes part of our lives. And, um, and I think Gideon had a massive challenge, and I want to say this morning that we will face some mighty challenges in our lives. I could I that that ons as a gemeente selfs, we will be facing some mighty challenges within our community, within our life, if we want to honor God and do things God's way. And therefore, we will need to take courage in order to break certain things down in our lives. But in order to do that, Gideon had to understand and see what those idols were in his life. I mean, if you know the story and you can go and read the story again, if you go, go back home, is that Gideon was part of idol worship. That was part of his life. That was part of his existence. For seven years, they turned away from God and they worshipped idols. Now, today, if I look at the story, I'm like thinking, praise God, I don't worship idols. Right? I haven't come to your house and saw anything built unto another God? Is that good in your eyes? Maybe you have a camera or a door that you open and there is a house. Is that in actual fact? I haven't seen that. So our battle maybe today will look a bit different than what it looked for Gideon because Gideon had an actual idol standing in the middle of his father's house. He had an actual pole reminding them of what they actually believe in, and that was something that they had to break down. But on his journey from the wine press into God's purpose, he had to go through this idol. And I want to tell you that the journey for Gideon into the fullness of what God had for him and the fullness that God had for the people of Israel was through the treacherous ground of unholy idols. We will be facing them. Behind him was a wine press. Behind him was a place of doubt. Behind him was a place of going back into the normal, going back into the rat race, going back into the things that he thought he should be doing. But in front of him, but in front of him was hope. In front of him was future. In front of him was purpose for God. And I think so many of us are sitting exactly there. We're sitting in that exact same space where we know that God has saved us. He has taken us out of the miry clay and He's placed our feet upon a rock to stay. But we still are struggling to move into the full purpose of what God has called us to. Can you, can you agree with that? Maybe today, this morning. Somehow, we come out of the wine press. We praise God on a Sunday morning. We worship Him on a Sunday morning. And then before we get it, we just go back to the wine press. And the reason is we struggle to face the idols that are glaring us in the face. We are unaware of them. They've become high places in our lives. This is what the Word of the Lord said, that they were at a high place. This means that somehow... This morning, God wants to break down certain priorities that we've built in our lives that have taken a higher priority above God and above His plans and above His purposes. I want to remind you that the story of Gideon tells us about a guy that never went back to the wine press. He stepped into something 
of the fullness of God. I think if you, if he, if, we know this, when God met him in the wine press and God said to him, you're going to lead the people, he said, who, me? And I think there are some of us sitting here today, and maybe me included, that are saying, Lord, I don't think you have called me to the purpose of what you are, or the thing that you want me to do. And I want us to realize that God wants us to break down those idols. Now, what are idols? What are strongholds? What are those things in our lives? Well, Phil said something beautiful that morning. He said, idols are anything or anyone that gives identity, provision, or protection apart from God. Just think about that for a moment. It is anything in our lives that gives identity, identiteit, provision, voorsiening, or protection, beskerming, apart from God. You see, idols come and they actually take away the attention from God, and they put it on them. See, that's what happened in Gideon's house. There was this pole, it took attention away from God, and they came out every morning and they worshipped these gods. They offered their sacrifices to them, they had an altar unto them, without even realizing it. They were standing up against God. And idols begin out by stealing our attention away from God through maybe where we put our time, our treasure, and our talents. It starts out that way, but what happens is it becomes a stronghold. And you know what a stronghold is? A stronghold is, is a place of defense. Maybe you are defensive about something in your life. Maybe you are fighting and holding on to something. Maybe it's exactly the place where you have erected an idol without even realizing it. I think our gevecht vandaag is a bit anders as our gevecht wat was in the Old Testament. And I think we need to be aware of it. Our fight is much different today. In actual fact, our fight today in our idol life is a fight of the mind. It's what we believe and what we think. That's where our fight is. And this morning, I can almost tell this to you straight out, is that all of us have got some sort of a belief that we hold on to, that di directs our steps, but that's not in order with what God wants. We all have it. If you're a young person today, you might have friends that lead you down to certain areas in your life, and you think that's the way to go. It's not ordered by the Scripture. We just had a discussion about how important Scripture is and how easily things can maybe creep in that's not necessarily God, but we think it's God. How do these things happen? Idols are things that creep in through the thought patterns of our lives, and we think it's good, and then eventually they become strongholds. Now, what is a stronghold? Stronghold for me is a place in the old, olden days there was a stronghold, and what they would do is it would be the defensive uh, strong place of the city. It would be a tower in the middle of a city, so they would have a wall around the city, but in the middle of the city there would be a strong tower. And that's where the king would sit, and the best soldiers would sit there, and they would protect the city. That's a stronghold. That is 
a place of identity. This is our place. This is our city. Today, your identity might be found in different places. Jy mag jou identiteit kry in jou werk. Jy mag jou identiteit kry miskien in wie jy is as a persoon. Jy mag jou identiteit miskien kry in jou, jou geld. In jou status. You might, have, you might have things that are holding you back. And when God calls you to a place, you say, well, I cannot go there because something is stronger then God in your life is holding you back in your seat. It's holding you back in a place of defense. And God wants to break that this morning. In actual fact, I realized that this morning when we started singing that song, I will give you all my worship. That's quite a song to sing, right? I will give you all my praise. All. You see... God's desire for us is to break the idols in our lives. He's got that desire. He doesn't want us to be bound by the things of this world. He's got a desire. In actual fact, in 1 John 5, verse 21, the book is ended. John writes this letter, and the last words in that book is, Little children, keep yourself from idols. In the New Testament, he's saying, keep yourself from idols. In 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 to 6, is it like uh, Paul is speaking and he's talking about um, a difficult time in Corinth and opposition that he's receiving and people that are bringing in false ideologies within the church. And he says, the weapons of our warfare are not the flesh, but we have divine power to destroy strongholds we destroy arguments and very lofty opinions can you just hear that language it's not idols erected like poles like Gideon had but it's opinions and ideas that are ungodly unbiblical untrue and what are they they raise against the knowledge of God so if you realize that you are in a fight this morning I'm in a fight this morning for the purposes that God has for me and for you. We're in a fight, and it's a spiritual fight. And coming against that purpose for God and me are opinions and things that are raised against the knowledge of God. They put on a higher place that comes against God. And God wants us to break them down. In actual fact, the word in... In Gideon, that he uses is to pull down. Pull down. The Hebrew word is haras. It reminds me of harassment. In actually, fact, what God is saying is that we should take the fight to the idols in our lives. We should be fighting and pulling down the idols of our lives. And what God wants for us is freedom. And what the enemy wants from us or for us is being captive. And be held captive. So he wants us to tear down, break down, overthrow idols. But if you don't realize that you are fighting idols, you will not be tearing down. In the, in the Greek, he actually says, put to death. Keep yourself. Put to death idols. Now, this is for me and for you today, because our thoughts are... Ons gevecht is eindelijk in die vlees. Uh, am I right? 
It's a fleshly battle, a flesh against spirit. And when we deal with the flesh, we deal with our own desires, what's happening is, is that the old man is standing up. My opinion is standing up, and God is saying, put to death. Put to death. Last week, we had a wonderful sermon where Gary came and he shared his heart with us. And ultimately what he said was is that it's a battle of dying to self. You see, the same thing here applies, is that when we face idols in our lives, it's a battle to put to death the flesh that is raised up against the knowledge of God. So I want you to realize this morning that you're actually fighting idols. And how do I know it? Well, because we don't always realize it. That's how I know it. We get to a place where we feel like we're okay with God. Just like Gideon's dad was okay with God. Just like all through Judges and all through the Bible, you see that there's a constant battle with idols. In actual fact, just after Joshua handed over and, and left, Israel turned to idols. In Judges 2, you can go and read it. And what God says there is he wants you to fight against idol because it's evil. Idol worship is evil. It's bad. It's bad. And, and, and I think our heart should be this morning is like, Lord, if there's anything in me that's not from you, I don't want it. That should be my heart. That should be my heart, the heart that David had. Is there, is there anything in me, Lord, that offends you? Please remove it from me. Is there anything that I've placed on a higher place? Please remove it, Lord. That should be our heart. But we should understand how evil and how wrong idols are. Let me give you a verse, Judges 2. Turn to Judges 2. Write it down in your notebook. Verse 11 to 13 says, this is after they entered the promised land, you know. After they spent 40 years in the desert. After they saw the mighty hand of God, led by Joshua, then the Israelites did evil, Judges 2 verse 11, in the eyes of the Lord, and they served the Baals. You see, if we have idols unbeknownst to us, or known to us, and we give our time, our treasure, and our talents towards them, Instead of giving it towards God, we are doing evil in the sight of the Lord. Do, do, do you realize that this morning? Do you realize that if you allow things in your life that's not from God, and you keep on feeding that, you are doing evil in the eyes of the Lord? Listen, it's not just that. It is actually evil, but it's also abandoning God. Listen to what it says. They forsook the Lord, the God of their ancestors. Who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the people around them. They aroused the Lord's anger because they forsook him. And served Baal and the Asterisk. 
You see, serving idols in our lives is disobeying God. It is actually forsaking God. Now, let me say this to you. You can come to church on a Sunday morning as part of your ritual worship. But if you are keeping idols in your heart, you are actually forsaking God. It's a tough sentence. It's a tough sentence to say. Because sometimes we soothe ourselves by the rituals that we do, but our hearts are turned away from God. So what are the bowl things in our lives? It's ideas. Ideas in our lives, thoughts in our lives, like I said. And that could be things that bring us prosperity instead of God. Technology. Technology. Young people, technology can be an idol. How do I know it? Because it's an idol that I'm fighting. It's a practical thing. I can bring you a massive spiritual message this morning, but listen, yeah, it's practical things that we are fighting, stealing our time, stealing our attention away from God. Technology is a massive thing. What's the first thing you look at when you wake up in the morning in today's society? Come on, let's be honest. Hmm? I struggle with this. It's confession time. I struggle with this. I've, I've, I've um, deleted what, uh, Facebook from my phone because it stole my time. And then I got it back again, thinking I can overcome it. Because somehow there's an idea in my heart and in my mind that I need it. I need Facebook. You know? How am I going to keep in touch with people? Lies. Lies that pushes me towards an idol that becomes a, a thief that I allow and then eventually becomes a stronghold. How do I know it's a stronghold? When somebody tells me, hey, why don't you delete Facebook? No. I start defending it. I start making a theology why it's needed for the kingdom. How about sexuality? Our physical lives with our, what should happen within the marriage, I think apart from money and prosperity is probably the one thing that we think about the most as human beings. But that can lead down to idols. It can lead down because if it's not in God's order, if it's placed upon the altar, and we start serving it, and we open up our computers and we watch what we shouldn't watch, or we watch movies that we shouldn't watch, and it leads us down to an altar where we start praising that thing, it becomes a stronghold. And let me tell you this, if you're sitting here today, you might be struggling with things like pornography. It's idols. They come in, but they have a hold on our hearts. They steal our time, 
but they grab attention of our hearts and they nestle in pride. Disappointment, anger, those things, that's where they latch on to. And we escape to these things. And they become idols in our lives. And then we stand at church and we say, I want to give you all our worship. And then we move away because we, we desperately try to break down these idols in our own strength and we can't. We can't. There's a few others. Our family can become idols. Our plans, our ideas, our plans for our lives, our families. I have seen how children have become idols in people's lives. Just this morning, I believe that they are people that won't be in the presence of the Lord because their children are too important. Now, don't get me wrong. Your children are a gift from God. But they surely are not idols. And they shouldn't be mini-gods in our lives. We should lead them unto God, the true King and the true Lord of our lives. Education and status and identity can become an idol. And even our spirituality can become an idol. You see, ultimately, our battle for idols are... It's a battle for our hearts. God is battling and he wants our hearts because he says he's jealous for you. And he wants you. And what we say is like, Lord, I want you too, but I also want this and I want this and I want that. Let me tell you a story. And I'll end with a story with a few small points. But there was this pastor who told the story about and as I'm saying, this could be any pastor because ultimately we deal with people and people are God's people. There was this guy that got to a place of burnout in his life. Have you ever experienced that maybe? He was running. He was quite successful. He was a wonderful man in the business world. He had great status in the business world. And um, eventually he ran so hard for business that he forsook his family, forsook his time with the Lord, and it led to burnout. And the burnout led to him losing his job and everything that he had. He turned to the Lord and he turned to the church, and they started guiding him and leading him, and the Lord started leading him, and he went through a process of healing and restoration. After a few months of uh, taking a sabbatical, he had to get back onto his feet. He had to get a job, right? So when he was ready, he put his feelers out there and he got a job, got two job opportunities. The one job was pretty much back into exactly where he was, massive salary, 80 plus hours a week of work, no time for friends, no time for family, no time for the Lord. And the other job was a lower income job, same industry, but it will afford him to have balance in his life and crucify the idols. So he took it to the pastor and the pastor spoke to him and they prayed about it and together they decided that he was going to take the lesser job with, with more time but less money because no money in the world is worth losing time with your family and with the Lord. 
I think many of you can tell that story today, right? But to the shock of the pastor, two weeks later when they met again for a follow-up meeting, the guy came walking in with the news and saying, I actually decided to take the higher paid job. And the pastor said, what happened? We dis- I mean, we discussed it. He says, uh, was it the money? He says, no, I'm not worried about the money, pastor. But to be honest with you, I wasn't willing to go back into that industry to be in a position of senior management where I was always in a position of director. What? You see, the man's idol wasn't money. The man's idol was identity, status. And he couldn't back down from that. And he took, he basically went back to the wine press basically went back to the things that actually caused him to stumble in the first place, caused him to be broken down and beaten down. You see, the enemy comes and he lures us in, and he's got the ability to give you the world. He's got the ability to give you everything that you need. And today, he's actually crouching at your door and my door with idols, and those idols are the things that we want. There's a scripture in Ezekiel that says that there are people that are coming to me. They, they're actually Israelites. They worship God, but they do not honor God. And Ezekiel was inquiring from the Lord. He was saying, Lord, what should I tell these people? Because they're coming here, but their hearts are away from me. Their hearts are not honoring you. Their hearts are towards idols. And the Lord said, when they come to you and they ask the prophet what they should want, you, I will lead them and I will guide them towards their idols so that I can recapture their hearts, the hearts of Israel. You see, the Lord will allow us to go to our idols until it destroys us so the people around us can be saved. That's hard. That's hard to realize this morning because God's heart is towards your heart and the battle of an idol is a battle for your heart this morning. That's the battle. It's a battle for your heart this morning. And I want to encourage you this morning. How do we do it? Well, how did Gideon do it? Well, first of all, he had to recognize it. So let me just give you three words. He had to recognize it. First, you've got to recognize the idols in your life, the things that you give your time, your talents, and your treasure to. Those are the things, the things that you are thinking about right now that you want to go and do. And wish I can just end up the sermon because I want to go there. Those are idols. I've had them. I still battle them. You've got to recognize it. But you are not just got to recognize that. You've got to recognize the one who's given you the power to overcome that. Without recognizing Jesus, without Gideon knowing that God was his peace, God was his refuge, God was his provider, he could not have, he wouldn't have the power to overcome. Those idols. So you got to recognize those things. And then you got to take courage and actually remove. Remove those idols. How do you remove them? You make war against them. You pull them down. But that's only half the battle. You see, when you remove them from your life, I remember doing some certain things in our houses like we, we won't be doing this. Certain movies we won't be watching. We remove them. 
We cancel the subscriptions. But guess what? The third thing is you've got to replace them with the presence of the Lord. Otherwise, guess what? They will be coming up again. They will be coming back again. You see, what happened with Gideon was interesting. If you go and read that story, is that he recognized God as his source. He actually recognized that there were idols. For seven years, he was walking alongside the idols. He was worshiping the idols. He recognized them, and then he had to remove them. The biggest battle of his life because it meant it will cost him. It might cost him his family. It might cost him death, but he had to remove them. No matter what, you got to go and remove those idols in your family's life, especially men. Just let me speak to men for a moment. It's your responsibility to remove the idols out of the house. But know this, if you remove, if you touch some unholy cows, you will have opposition. You will have people wanting to take your head. I can make that personal this morning because you know what? God sent me here to break down strongholds into this town. God sent you here to break down strongholds. They are traditional. They are cultural. They are people, and people are loving them. But we are called to break them down. We won't be popular by standing up for the word of the Lord, but if we are willing to do it, God will fight on our behalf. So we need to recognize them. We need to remove them. That's our, that's our responsibility. And then we need to rebuild a new altar. Place a new order, a higher place. You see, the decision of breaking down idols is actually what we sang this morning. I will give you all I worship. It's interesting that it said to build it in a proper way. There's godly order. There's my order and there's the world's order. We are not called to build it in my order. We're not called to build it into a denominational order. We're not called to build anything else but God's order. There's a right way of building and giving God glory. And that's giving everything. That's laying down the things that we've actually... The things that we used. Gideon took the asher pole, cut it down, and used the wood of the asher pole to make fire in order to sacrifice. There are a few things that you need to maybe go back to this morning and break down in your life. I want to read one final verse, and then I'm going to ask for a response this morning. And this verse the Lord just gave to me. So I came here. Ephesians 1, verse 70 to 21. This is Paul praying. He's praying for the church of Ephesus. And if you know anything about me, and if you know anything about this local church, I believe that God has called us to be an Ephesus church in Montague. There's a reason why I believe that, because God has led us quite significantly through this book was writing a letter and he, and he had this prayer. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom 
and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Recognize him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Far above the rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named. Not only in this age but in the one to come. No matter what you are facing, no matter what idol you are holding on to maybe in your life, God has given us the power and ability through His strength and His power and His resurrection strength to actually face those things and overcome them. But we have to recognize the beauty of Christ this morning. And this morning I want to tell you one thing. It's because of God's power on the cross of Calvary. He was the one that broke every stronghold. He was the one that set the captives free. He is the one that died for us so that we can live in freedom. And then Paul says, do not be again bound by those things. So on our journey as Christians of dying to self, we will be facing some giants. We will be facing some idols. But God has called you to pull them down in the name of the Lord. I don't know what you are facing today. I don't know what are the things that are holding you back. I know that there are things in my life that I need to lay down on an altar, and sometimes it's painful and it's hurtful, and I don't have the guts to do it. But I'm praying that the Lord will give us the courage this morning when we look at Him to lay those things down, to lay them down. It is the one thing that might cause you or keep you from the purposes of God. I've got a friend who God has set free from an idol in his life. It's like a stone that was rolled away. You see, when we lay down those things before the Lord and we, we humbly bow our knees before him, we say, Lord, I've got this idol and I don't know how to deal with it, but I'm putting it in your hands. You know what happened with this friend of mine? Suddenly, leadership capabilities, leading other men into fullness, came to the fore. You see, Gideon became a leader of men when he dealt with the idols. Before that, he was just Gideon. Stuck in a wine press on the threshing floor. God has called us to lead people into the fullness of God because he has led us into his fullness. He's become our peace. But in order for that, we need to deal with some idols. Maybe it's technology, young people. And maybe some old people with technology too. Maybe it's identity. Maybe it's your status. Maybe it's financial things. But this morning, I want you to take one step. And that's one step towards God to say, Lord, I'm willing to lay down these idols. Maybe you don't know how to recognize them. Then it's today that's like, Lord, show me. 
Show me what are they. Show me, like David said, if there's anything in me, show me. But my heart's desire is to honor you, to worship you. Maybe it's something that you're glaring every day in, in the face and you know this is not from God. You know that you know that you know God has revealed it to you. But then you get to recognize the power that is in you through Christ Jesus to overcome this. And that's what you're going to respond to right now.